hey, would you turn to me to Micah chapter 5, verse 2. If you're new to the Bible, it's about three quarters of the way through, just before the New Testament, there's a small book called Micah. We're just going to look at one verse this morning, um, and it's probably the most popular verse in the book of Micah, um, because it's brought up again in the New Testament, which we'll look at a little bit later, and it, it tells where Jesus will be born. So I'll read Micah 5, verse 2. You can follow along. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Let's pray. Lord, help us with this one verse to see the beauty and majesty of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bring us, Lord, to trust in him. Bring us to know him more as we consider your word prophesied by Micah those many centuries ago. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you would have heard of my prayer. Micah uh, was written centuries before the Lord Jesus Christ is born. So 2,000 years ago, Christ was born, and then hundreds of years before that, Micah was around. And what Micah is doing is he's, in this verse, telling us about the gift that God is giving us. Now, I'm sure you've been shopping this past week. If you're like my wife, you've been shopping throughout the year, getting ready for Christmas. She's buying Christmas gifts in February for people because she's looking for deals. So she's very um, proactive. But some of you have been buying, and some of you have some difficult people to buy for. I know. My wife's one of them. Um, I still haven't got her anything. <laughs> That's how difficult it is. Um, and I'm sure there, there are people who are difficult for you to buy. Sometimes it's the people you love the most who are the most difficult to buy for. Um, those people who you cherish and who you love, it's really hard sometimes to know, what, what can I give them this year? But what can I give them? But here's the thing. We're usually buying gifts for people who we love and people who we know, people who we appreciate, people who have meant something to us in our lives, people who have helped us to get where we are today. So when you think about buying a gift, you usually think about buying it for a friend or for someone in the family or someone whom you love. And then you receive gifts from people who likewise love you and appreciate you and long to see you happy because of the happiness that you may have brought them in their life. But we're usually buying things and giving things to people who we think deserve it because they're just so lovable and lovely. When was the last time you bought a gift for an enemy? Have you thought about an enemy this week? Have you thought this person has done nothing but make my life miserable this person has done nothing but slander me say bad things about me this person has done nothing but lie to me and and do things that have brought harm upon me when was the last time you thought about giving a gift to someone like that now micah 5 2 is what god is doing and he's doing that exact thing He's looking at his enemies 
He's looking at people who have sinned against him. He's looking at people who have lied, who have cheated, people who have damaged his property, people who are killing his people, people who are disobedient, people who don't want to recognize him as their creator. And then this is what he goes and does. He says, what can I get? What can I give? What could I buy for this person? And this person is you. This person is me. I've lived my life rejecting God. I've lived my life sinning against him. I've lived my life doing things that I want to do and not things that he wants me to do. I've lived outside of the boundaries of his law. I've gone and damaged other people's lives. I've been damaging my own life. And if you're a human being, that's your story too. The Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one. Everyone has sinned. And what does God do? He says, what can I get this person? And he doesn't get the cheap $2 gift that we might think, oh, you know, I'm not going to get them anything important. I hate this co-worker, but we have to do the Secret Santa thing, so I'm just going to buy them a $2 shop thing. He doesn't do that. He says, what's the best thing that I could give them? What can I give them that's better than everything else? And so what he gives for Christmas is a way to himself. And Micah 5.2 tells us what this way is. How is it that we actually get to God? How is it that we can have peace with him and reconcile with him and have a relationship with him now? How is it that we can move from being enemies to being friends? How is it that we can close the gap? Well, we need a way to get to him. We need a bridge of sorts to get to him. We can't cover this gap ourselves. We can't jump it. We can't evil can evil it and run up a ramp and try to make our way over. It doesn't work. No, we need a bridge. We need a bridge that is fit for purpose. We need a bridge that is the exact one that we need so that we can actually cross this gap and get to him and be reconciled with him. So would you look at this verse again with me? It says, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah. The reason why it says Ephrathah is just specifying which Bethlehem because there's more than one Bethlehem. Just like there's more than one Auckland. There's one in California and there's one in the UK as well. And if we're prophesying, if God is prophesying, he doesn't want to say Auckland and hopefully there's three of them so he might hit the money and guess and get it right. No, he's not in the guessing game. He wants to be pinpoint accurate, tell you exactly where it is, what's happening, because everything is determined and everything is planned and what he plans works. So he says, Bethlehem Ephrathah. It's the Bethlehem that's in Judah, this little tiny town, David's town, David's place, they call it. And so that's where he's going to be born. And what it says here is, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel. So from you, from you people. Someone is going to come from you people for me to be a ruler. In other words, someone will be born in Bethlehem. Someone will come from Bethlehem who is a human. And he will be born and he will be the ruler. He will be the king. And then he goes on to say this. He says, who is coming forth from of old, from ancient days. So he's saying, someone will be born. In other words, a human will be born. But then he's saying, someone is coming forth from ancient of days. In other words, someone's coming from eternity. Someone's coming from a place where there is no time, 
where there is no linear measurement of time. He's coming outside of the bounds of time. And, and in fact, the only one who exists there is God. So he's saying the one who will be born, the, the way that I'm giving you is I'm going to give you a person who is human, truly human. He's going to come from you. He's coming from Bethlehem. He will be born there. But at the same time, he is truly God himself. In other words, God will be born in Bethlehem. And the reason that this is absolutely necessary, because if you think about a bridge, a bridge only works if it touches both sides. If a bridge does not touch both sides, it's not a bridge. It's a ramp. It needs to touch both ends. So how is it that man, the sinful man, and this holy God can ever have a bridge? It needs to touch both sides. How does that work? Because Jesus Christ is both man and God. Jesus Christ is truly God and truly man. In other words, he is the bridge, the perfect bridge, that will get us to where we need to be with God. And that's what this wonderful Bible verse is telling us, that this one who comes, this king who will rule, Jesus Christ, touches both sides. No one has ever done that before. Now there is a way to God. Now there is a bridge to God. But it's not enough to know that there's a bridge. Just like it's not enough to know this Bible verse. Knowing is not enough. There is, um, this verse is quoted in the New Testament. You can look at it yourself later, but it's in Matthew chapter 2. And if you remember, do you remember the wise men? In, in the old stories, they always say three wise men um, come from the east and they come to visit because they heard that the king of the Jews is born. They see the star and then they say, oh, we come to worship. Where is he? And now when they come and do this, the king at the time, his name's Herod, he gets a bit anxious. Who's this extra king? I'm the king. Who's this other king coming? He's troubled. And all of Jerusalem is troubled with him. And then what he does is he goes, I need to find out where this little king is. I need to find out where this little boy is going to be born. I need to do something about him. I'm the king here. And he wants to exterminate this king, this promised king. And so what he does is he finds the best theologians and scholars that he can think of, the chief priests and the scribes. And he says, hey, you lot, come here. I need you to figure something out for me. Where is the king of the Jews going to be born? And what they say to him is Bethlehem. It says it in Micah. From you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, shall be one who is going to be ruler. From you is going to come this person who's going to rule, this one from ancient of days. And so they say to him, obviously, it's, it's in Bethlehem. That's where you should go if you want to find the king. And that's why I say it's not enough to know. Because look who knew. Herod knew. And if you're here this Christmas and someone says to you, hey, what's Christmas about? You might give the right answer. You might say it's about the Lord Jesus Christ being born, the Savior of the world. God with us, Emmanuel, the one who has come to redeem the lost. That's what Christmas is about. And you could be absolutely right, but it's not enough just to say that. And it's not enough just to know that. Because Herod knew that now. Herod knows this Bible verse now. And what's his reaction? His reaction is one of self-love and of pride. He says, I don't want this king to be my king. I'm king. Get him out of here. I would rather rule my life. I would rather decide which way to go and which way to turn. I want to determine how my life plays out, and I don't want to be accountable to a God. 
And so we see that this is a common reaction that we have. People kick up against God because they don't want a king. The Christmas message is not one of joy for them. It's one of burden. It's one that they don't want because now they have a king who gets to tell them what to do and who will hold them accountable. Not only do we have that, but we have the chief priests and the scribes, the top theologians, top tier theologians. They're the ones who knew just straight away, I know where he's going to be born in Bethlehem. It says it in Micah 5 too. That's where he's going to be born. And who was there 33 years later in Jerusalem saying, crucify him? The chief priests and the scribes, the same people. So how did these people react to this wonderful bridge that God has gifted them? They don't want that thing. Um, there's an emergency exit here, by the way. And if there was an event right now and the whole building started to shake, and the floor was collapsing beneath our feet, I could say to you, just give, I'll give you some information, emergency exits right there. What use is that information to you if you don't use it? How would that help you? How would knowing that there is an emergency exit there help you if you say, wow, man, now I've got to stand up. I just got comfortable. I feel really relaxed. And I don't want to get up, and I don't want to get out there. It's bothersome for me. Now I have to take steps to get out of the room. So friends, knowing that the bridge that we need in Jesus Christ was given on Christmas Day is not enough. It's not enough to know you have to go beyond knowledge. Where do you have to go to? You have to go to conviction. What this means is I've now given you the information. There is the emergency exit. Use it in an emergency. Now you've sat there and you said, if there's an emergency, I'm moving. I'm getting out of there. Now you said to yourself, I, I have a, I have assent to this, this information. Not only do I know this information, but I trust this information. I, I, I reckon it's true, and I believe it. So if there is an emergency, I'm going to go. Now we have to move beyond that as well to confidence. And confidence means that in the event of emergency, you actually get off your chair and you run. You get out there. You get out of this building because it's going to collapse beneath your feet and everything's going to be destroyed. So you know I'm going to run. And so you running out that door... And the event of an emergency exit is you being confident in the information that there is an emergency exit that you should take in the event of emergency. So that's where we need to be. I've told you there's a bridge. There is an emergency exit. God has gifted it to you this morning. And it's not enough just to know that there's a bridge. Friend, you have to get to the place where you say, I'm getting on that bridge. I'm going to rest all my weight on that bridge. That bridge is going to hold me up. I'm going to put my weight on it. And then you have to move beyond that to actually put your weight on it. And you have to trust in it and depend on it and rely on it and put all of your confidence on it. So that you can say with me, with the brothers and sisters, I believe in Jesus Christ who is truly man. I believe in Jesus Christ who is truly God. I believe in Jesus Christ who is the way of salvation. I believe in Jesus Christ who is the one who has come to reconcile and redeem the lost. I believe in him. I put all of my weight on him. I trust that he can deal with all of my sin. I trust that he can deal with the gap that exists between me and God. I believe that he is the one who brings me peace. And that's where we need to be, dear friends. That's where you must be. And so we should be overjoyed knowing that there is this gap between us and God that has been dealt with with the gift of Christmas. 
with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has provided a way for you to escape and find the emergency exit that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the way of salvation. Because friends, the floor will collapse beneath you. You will be destroyed. And that is terrible news, which is why Christmas is such wonderful news. Because God has provided a way for you so that you can be with him forever, forever and ever. And the cool thing about this is, like, if there's an emergency exit situation and I say, hey, everyone get out of the building, it's going to collapse. And the instructions there say we have to wait outside. And then after we wait outside, we can come back in. That's not how heaven works. You might escape this place and you, go, you might have to go out there in the waiting area. You might have to stand around for a while. It might be uncomfortable. There's a message out there that says Christianity is a nice, fluffy way to live your life. It's not. It's lovely that you are now rescued from all of this danger. But sometimes in the Christian life, it's not all, it's not all bubbles and sunshine and rainbows. It's, um, sometimes you've got to go stand out there and stand up for a while. And, and then after that, then after that, you shall enjoy God forever and ever in eternal bliss and joy that we can't even fathom here on earth. And so I hope you see this wonderful gift that God has given to his enemies. How wonderful is he that he would do something like that? How wonderful is it that God would think of you and think, I know exactly what this person needs. They need a bridge because they're separated from me and they need to get close to me. And the only way they can is if I give them a bridge who is the Lord Jesus Christ, truly God and truly man. So dear friends, Merry Christmas. And I hope you were drawn to Christ this morning. Oh, gracious God, we thank you for the scripture. We thank you, Lord, that even centuries before the Lord Jesus Christ was born, you had determined where he would be born and when he would be born, to whom he would be born. We thank you, Lord, that you yourself have come in the Lord Jesus Christ so that we could say God with us, Emmanuel. We thank you, Lord, that in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have given us everything necessary to close the gap between us and you. We thank you that he is the bridge, the perfect bridge, the unbreakable bridge, the strong bridge. And we thank you that he can hold our weight. So, Lord, help each person here to go beyond knowing about Micah 5.2 and to trusting Micah 5.2 and to putting all their confidence in this king that you have provided for us. Help each person, Lord, to move beyond information and to move toward faith and trust so that they might believe with all their heart that the Lord Jesus Christ is who you say he is. Lead us there, Lord, for your glory and for our eternal joy and for your glory forevermore. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.